All right, Justin, we're going to do this a little different today. I want you to picture this scenario with me and listeners and Heather, everybody do the same. So Justin, you've had a nice night out with a significant other. Okay. Everything's been going good. Everybody's, everything's going smooth. It's been a nice, lovely night. I would say you had, you know, you had some food and you had some drinks, but you don't drink like that. So I don't know. Yeah. You had some salmon and a kale smoothie. I don't know what the fuck you healthy people drink. <laughs> I don't know for you. All right. Maybe, that. maybe you got a little crazy. You had a Dr. Pepper. Oh yeah. See, you know, <laughs> it's one of those nights. Everything's going swimmingly and you get home. Things start getting a little frisky. Lights get dimmed down and your significant other says to you, I'm going to put something on. I'm going to put on a song to set the mood. And now, Justin, your, your challenge now is sing me a song in that scenario that would completely kill the mood and make you walk the fuck out because it's not sexy. What song would make you not fuck in that situation? <laughs> Bad. <laughs> what uh, a daunting question. Um, wow, there are so many that could fit that. Um, just trying to think of the dumbest thing. Uh, what about that what song? Oh, my Gundam style. Hey, sexy ladies. Oh, hey. Oh, oh, I oh, like Sai. Oh, my Gundam style. I like Sai. You, you, you would you would sex to that, though? I would. I mean, huh. it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be my preferred okay. <laughs> song of his to have sex to. You know, I think Gentleman is a, is a much more fun uh, song. Mm. Um, oh, and what's that song? He did a song with Snoop Dogg that I think is utterly delightful, too. Did he? Yes. And I have it on my phone. I'm pulling it up because I just don't. I'm not playing it. I just need to. I just do not remember the name of the fucking song. Hangover with him and Snoop Dogg. Those two would be way more fun, too, because I think they're more fun songs. But I'm not going to diss my boy Psy. Especially the song um, Gangnam Style, which is about socioeconomic differences in Korea. Everybody thinks it's just a bop. Nope. That's about income inequality in South Korea. Hmm. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. That's what uh, Gangnam Style is. It's, it's like the affluent style. And it's talking about, you know, wanting to be like that or wanting to appear like that. Even if that's not, you know, who you are or where you're from. I love that this got like in a real deep mode. Yeah. <laughs> I know I like my boy Sai. <laughs> but that's not one of the songs I was looking for. But Heather, what about you? Okay. So I have one in mind that I don't think Sterling is going to appreciate, but it would be a mood killer. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from? Cotton right, I'll take that. Okay, good. Yay. <laughs> That's the only time that song is the answer. The only scenario. I was like, it might work because he hates it so much. So, yes, that is the song or that is a song that would work. Not what I was thinking of. I was looking for just any Nickelback song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I should have picked them. You just any of them. I, I only know like four. So you could actually just sing something and just said it was a Nickelback song. And again, like, oh, yeah, it's probably one of the ones I haven't heard. But. That means actually in this one, Heather gets a win, Justin gets a loss. Oh. So on that note, <laughs> we'll cue the theme song.
Hey, Cinefans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I'm Sterling, and as always, I'm joined by Justin and Heather. And today we are doing one of our, we're doing the first of our worst movies lists. This one specifically is off Justin's list. And if you couldn't tell by the desire to be unsexy for the song, we are talking about the movie Showgirls because there is ready. nothing unsexier than the NC-17 movie Showgirls. I mean, I still don't know why it was NC-17. Yeah, me neither. There's right. nothing in there that I haven't seen in other movies. I mean, my only my only guess is that maybe they gave it NC-17 because of how offensive Lee unsexy this movie is. I thought that was a damn good turn of phrase. Fuck both you guys, okay? I was actually, <laughs> I was laughing, but I was on mute. Sorry, I, I forgot to shit. unmute it. I thought it was delightful. I was like, I was, spun that it very was. well. <laughs> I just thought you had more. I thought there was going to be something after that, <laughs> so I didn't want to, like, it cut you, cut in. But, yes, it was funny. Yeah, the rest of the, ep- or the, rest of the episode is what's after that. I've got an entire that's, episode to talk shit about fair. this movie. I don't need to. <laughs> cram all my disdain for this movie in one tagline fair i mean we got we got at least an hour to fill here guys i'm gonna say some shit i, I mean would expect nothing else yes we will i kind of feel like i myself could just rant for an hour about how much i don't like this movie because i could probably go on a midsummer-esque breakdown of this film <laughs> and talk about why i hated that scene and how unsexy it was no matter what it would do because I don't know if you, if anybody's picked up on this yet. With how sexually themed this movie is, I find it incredibly like bonkers how unsexy this movie is. And the depths of its unsexiness will definitely be more eloquently said later in this episode. Because <laughs> we're just going to have some story time in this one. Oh boy. You're going to find out things about me that no one in their fucking mind ever wanted to know about me. But we're all going to go on that journey together. <laughs> and it will probably be a sexier time than the movie Showgirls. So let's go then. As always, we're going to talk about what we liked, didn't like, and everything in between. We're going to do a non spoilery section, give our recommendations and scores, which I'm going to give you a slight spoiler for right now. No one fucking liked this movie, and no one's going to recommend it. <laughs> I'm going to give you that. They'll get into more detail about their opinions, but guess what? That's the summary of that entire section. <laughs> then we'll go into more spoiler-filled uh, discussion about this movie, which also, just get ready for that. It's going to be me saying fuck a lot, and it's going to be talking about how much I hate this movie for a good amount of time. This is one of those, like, strap in, it's a fucking roller coaster. I'm I'm getting fired up the more we talk about this. Let's go ahead and get this going. Um, <laughs> Justin, since it's your movie, and you're the asshole to put it on here, Talk about showgirls. <laughs> oh man, why? Yeah, fuck you, did you I dick. Make... Get ready for grandma's boy. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, uh, okay. So why did I <laughs> make myself and you guys watch this? I mean, if we're if you're gonna have a list of worst movies, this to me it would just be disingenuous it would be you wouldn't be doing cinema land justice to not mention this movie or to not have seen this movie and been 
disappointed, just utterly disappointed with your choices in film, your life, maybe even contemplating, should you be alive? Uh, you need to watch this and experience all of those things happening to you, because this is two hours of just nothing but torture. It is two hours of you questioning everything that you thought you knew about movies, that you thought you understood about people and how they act, that you thought you understood about what defines sexy and everything like that. This is two hours of just a bludgeoning that happens to your brain and to your and to every waking thought that you have about your choices. And why you made such a stupid one to watch this movie. That's what this is. This is two hours of that. So, I mean, I had to put this on my list. We had to watch and review this. If we're going to review bad movies, there need to be some on the list that are definitively legendary Rushmore-like in how bad they are. And this is one of them. So, yeah, I did it. I'm the culprit. And I had to do this. I had to for the good of bad freaking movies everywhere. Is that all? Oh, yeah. And the movie sucks. Yeah. Okay. I, I, mean, I just I, wanted to make sure. I mean, I don't know if I got that in. I don't know if I got that <laughs> in. I don't know if that came across. But yeah, the movie's terrible. Okay. Now someone else could go. Heather, go. Yeah. I mean, I definitely give it to you. I mean, any like any time this was going to be on anybody's list, if it wasn't on yours and it was on someone else's, we would all have to agree. Yep, it should be on this list, unfortunately, because it means we have to watch it. But yep, it definitely lives up to the um, infamous name that it has. It is awful. There's not a single thing in it that's um, enjoyable <laughs> in any sort of way. It's just... <laughs> all around garbage and i think sterling was saying it best like it's not a sexy movie it's it's not even it's not even close at all like in any sort of way um just there's i have so many thoughts about my problems with this movie um i will be honest that there's not going to be a compliment from me in this one <laughs> which i know is rare because i try to always give something that was good about the movie but i just i really am having a hard time finding anything in this that i can compliment so that's how bad this movie is and that's coming from me who always tries to find something at least good and who also put america sweethearts on like a favorite list of mine so clearly i'm not like you know i i know i know bad movies <laughs> but it's it's just so it's just unwatchable. It really is. It's just one of those that you cringe and you're awkward watching it because of just how bad it is. It's just bad because it's it's uncomfortable to see how bad it is. That's why it's uncomfortable to watch. Um, it's yeah, there's just, there's so many issues to the point where it's just funny. Some of the stuff that happens. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of my take on it. And that's really yeah, that's kind of it. I'm going to tell a story, guys. Go for it. So let's go back. <laughs> About 24 years ago, I was the ripe old age of 12 years old, just coming into my sexual awakening. This movie had come out like a couple of years earlier. So I might have been 13. I don't know. Somewhere in there. It's all a blur. But anyone that has ever known 
a, a young male at that age <laughs> knows that pretty much anything can make them turned on just anything. I mean, the weird depravity of it all is that it can be like a, you know, just a bra in a catalog, not even on a model, just a bra. Cause we know what bras are for and that would get us sexually charged. And here I am around the age, like I said, 12, 13, fully knowing that anything could and would turn me on. <laughs> and here comes this movie, this NC-17 movie because of sex is playing on HBO. Family's gone. Got the house to myself. I am prepared for nothing short of one glorious evening because <laughs> there could not be anything better happening in my young life at that time. And then I start watching this movie, this movie called Showgirls. Like I said, rated NC-17 because of just all the fucking and all the sex. <laughs> and I learned something about myself that day. This movie is so unsexy, so unsatisfying, so top to bottom, flaming garbage that young teenage Sterling could not get turned on by this movie. Because it is impossible to get turned on by this movie. Nothing about this movie inspires anything short of just undeniable, just blah. It washes over you. It's like you're at the beach, lying in the sand, just right on the water line. You know, the water just kind of rushes over you as the waves come in. Except when you're watching this movie, it's just blahness. Just constantly flowing over you until the point that you're you didn't realize that the tides got higher and the blondness is now over your face and constant and you're just drowning in it but you're in such a like zone of just wanting everything to end that you let it take you it drowns you <laughs> the blondness fills your mouth and your nostrils and burns its way down your esophagus and fills your lungs with its engulfing presence until you just give up on anything and everything. And that's what this movie did to me. I had like no sexual desires for like three fucking weeks after watching this movie. Like if you ever want to cure your little boy of masturbating, like you're like, he's getting a little out of hand with it. Fucking make him watch this movie. It is the easiest way to get rid of impure thoughts in a child. I shouldn't say child in a teenager that has ever like ever been conceived. You know, the story of, of cornflakes is because it was meant to be just so bland that the thought of what's his name? Kellogg was that high amounts of flavor inspired sexual desires and lust and would cause teenagers and young adults to masturbate. And so he invented Kellogg's cornflakes to be just so bland yet fulfill a dietary need that it would help kids not masturbate. And I would argue that if he had just lived into the future, he would have been able to witness his goal happen in a cinematic form known as the movie Showgirls. <laughs> that was tight. Wow. And now that I'm an adult, and this may be too much for you people out there, but you're going to learn this about me. I have had sex. <laughs> I hadn't when I was a young boy watching this movie. So I didn't even know how bad this movie actually was. Because I couldn't conceive of how wrong so much of this movie was. And somehow, a movie 
that could make a lust-hungry teenage boy have zero sexual desires somehow gets worse as an adult. And so for that, I will give this movie a compliment, Heather, because this movie is a unicorn, if you will, because somehow this is the one movie that can single-handedly ruin sex for anybody that watches this. (laughs) This movie should be shown in churches worldwide to teach the young ones what the devil actually is with lust, because that's this movie. This movie is what is wrong with this country today. (laughs) This movie is the reason why I have no trust of anyone who would even suggest that Elizabeth Berkeley is a good dancer. I know that's where nobody thought I was going with that because this movie somehow posits that she is a good dancer. This movie actually posits that she is a dancer. I won't even qualify that with an adjective. It just posits that she knows what dancing is. (laughs) I can tell you friends, no one in this movie knows what dancing is. No one. I wholeheartedly agree with that. Just like no one in this movie knows what sex is. I refuse (laughs) to believe that anybody that was involved in this movie in any capacity, I'm talking grips, best boys, cinematographers, transportation engineers, caterers, like the, the fifth extra in the chorus line, the guy that played random motherfucker number nine on the Las Vegas strip. None of them, no one in this movie or anything to do with this movie has ever actually had sexual relations with a human being. (laughs) Damn. Because in no way, shape or form could this movie be made if you had, because there is not a scene that goes by in this movie that actually shows that anyone knows what sex is sex is. And so for that, Justin, I want to thank you for actually making us watch this movie, which at this point, if you're like, but Sterling, where do we watch this? I can't find it on iTunes or any of those places. This is on HBO max. You can stream this on HBO max and you can watch this. And then if you, if you need a reminder of everything, because I know a lot of people are kind of sitting here thinking Sterling, you typically wait till the spoiler section to go on a rant like this, but notice what I've done. I've carefully crafted everything I have said to not have one spoiler for this movie. Cause I'm ready for that section too. <laughs> I have a serenity on me now because I now know why this movie was made. And that is solely for this episode of this podcast and for me to talk about how much of a fucking disaster I'm talking about Hindenburg level disaster. I'm talking about the Titanic hitting an iceberg level disaster. I am talking Chilean miners getting trapped in a cave disaster. I'm talking about baby Jessica falling in a fucking well disaster. Oh, not baby Jessica. Oh, I am talking an Enron level disaster. I'm talking about a 2008 housing crisis level disaster. I am talking about was it Black Monday stock market crash beginning of the Great Depression level disaster of a film. I am talking about and this is solely for you, Justin, the almost end of kayfabe with the Montreal screw job level disaster. Oh, man. 
<laughs> oh, he went there. I am talking about a New Jack City on the fucking, what's his name? The transit cop, whatever that fucking 17-year-old kid was oh, named. Yeah. The mass transit. Oh, yes. Man. Mass the transit. Mass I'm talking about that level of a fucking disaster. Oh, of a fucking film. Let me let me put this in a way. Maybe I can spin this in another way for you, Heather. I am talking about a, I don't know, a showgirls fucking film level disaster of a movie. Oof. We are now going to go on to our recommendations and scores. And before we get to that, though, Justin, I do need to ask you real quick, just so we have this set up for me, for us to decide what we're doing right after this. Because I need to know, Justin, if I have your permission, since this is your list, this is your movie, I'm asking, can I please go first in the spoiler section? Sure. You seem very motivated. You seem so passionate. And um, and your words are definitely connecting with me. So I am intrigued. I want to hear what you have to say. All right, good. So then as soon as we're done with recommendations and scores, I'm going to give the spoiler warning and jump into it. So we're going to start with you, Heather. What is your recommendation and score for this movie? My recommendation is do not even think about watching this movie unless you just want to torture yourself by, you know, hearing the things that we're saying and thinking, you know what? I need to experience with them how bad this is. It's the only time I would recommend this movie. My score is, mm, that's tough. I mean, it's honestly got to be like a straight up zero pole dances out of 100. Justin, what about you? Yeah, Heather just hit the nail on the head. Um, The only reason to watch this movie is just if you want to experience for yourself just how bad it is. If all of if all the things that we say tonight have made you curious and you want to check it out, that would be the only logical. And even then I might question your logic reason to watch this movie. I I mean, that, that that's all that I could think of. But other than that, I, I can't think of a single redeeming quality. And this is not me trying to be funny. I mean, guys, you know me by now. I'm, I'm the positive guy. I'm the one that tries to look for redeeming qualities in these movies, even when they're bad. And man, I struggle to find anything that was redeeming about this. And, and, and that is not easy to do. Typically, a movie has something redeeming about it, whether it just knows what it is or maybe uh, one of the actors or actresses, you like them, or maybe something goes right with the camera work or something, you know, but man, you'd be hard pressed to find something redeeming about this movie. So I can't in good conscience recommend this unless you are just into torture you know that that would be the only other uh you would be the only person that would enjoy this so with that being said i'm gonna go with the same score as heather um it's a big fat zero and that's gonna be zero man just zero all of it just take the showgirls movie 
the script. And I mean, just the biggest red marker that that is in existence. I don't care if this marker is the size of a building and it takes thousands of people to use it. And we're just going to just mark the existence. We're just going to mark the existence of this film with a big fat zero out of 100. There you go. I'm going to do my recommendations and scores section in the form of two questions. And it's Sterling. Would you recommend this movie? My answer is, fuck you. And then the second question is, Sterling, what's your score for this movie? And then it's once again, fuck you. So, spoilers? <laughs> wow. Yes, it is time. I'm going to start this, Jess, and I'm going to actually start it a little differently than I was originally planning. Just because you were saying there's no redeeming qualities to this movie. And I disagree also. Just, and this is spoilers because this is actually about a specific scene. I think the only redeeming quality of this movie is at the very beginning when she's hitchhiking on the road and this guy pulls over, she jumps in his car and she's like, yeah, going to Vegas. And they go to, they're on their way to Vegas. And he's like, Hey, you can sit closer if you want implying, Hey, I just picked you up. You need to suck my dick. And then she pulls a switchblade on him. I think that's redeeming. I like that message. That's fine. And then this movie <laughs> just continues going. And then it meets all your criteria of no redeeming qualities, Justin. Because essentially from that scene on, it's like a, a weird snowball of just random bullshit, followed by some nudity, followed by some more random bullshit, followed by some nudity, followed by badly acted sex, followed by random bullshit, and so on and so forth. I want to start all of this by talking about Elizabeth Berkeley's ability to dance. As I had mentioned earlier, in the scenes that are in the choreographed showgirl show, aptly named Goddess, because that's a thing. I would say her dancing is actually okay, because it's a show production style of dance, and it kind of works. Where it fails is pretty much any other scene in this movie where she dances, and it's not on stage in that show production, because she dances like a stage production. On a stripper stage, which I don't know about you guys, but that's something that doesn't actually mix. Pole dancing and stage production doesn't quite go together, but somehow it gets worse because she does the same dance moves in a nightclub. And it is one of the most god awful fucking things I've seen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yet characters in this movie see it and they are like, oh, my God, that woman over there, she can dance oh look at the dancing so much dancing and i think that that's an insult to the word dance and that's coming from me i don't dance i am notoriously known for not dancing i don't like dancing i actually like watching people dancing i don't like to dance and i was offended i was offended for dancing because of just every move this woman did and then there would be a scene where well, there is the scene, the penultimate, uh, like champagne room scene, if you will, where what's she, what's his name? Kyle McLaughlin, something like that. Is that actor's name? She gives him a, a lap dance, if you will, if you want to call it that. I mean, she's on his lap doing stuff, not dancing, but she is on his, she, you know, so she's uh, giving him a lap stuff. And at one point she is fully naked on this man's lap and it looks like he's wearing, I don't know corduroys 
because I would just whatever the most uncomfortable <laughs> pants in the world are. That's what that fucker was wearing because nothing about the scene looked comfortable. And she starts doing these weird gyration bounce things on him that were supposedly so amazing that this man was able to climax in his pants from it. And all I could think of that would hurt my dick. That wouldn't feel good. I mean, that was the equivalent of Tom Hanks in the movie Castaway trying to start fire on the beach. Like that's what she was doing to his dick. She was trying to light it on fire. And I don't know about you, you know, I'm not trying to kink shame anybody here. I don't know how anybody would get off to that because that is a whole other level of specialness, if you will. Like I said, once again, it's really not sexy in any way, shape or form because it doesn't mimic sex. It doesn't mimic anything other than physical abuse of this man's genitals. I mean, I think I want to see the like unrated copy of this movie or like the unedited version of this where like the next scene is like that guy in the morning going, my genitals are bruised. Like they're bruised. I need to go to a hospital because these things are such a hue of purple and blue that is unnatural for the human body to actually be and that he might need actual surgery to fix the damage caused by her sex stuff her or lap stuff i'm sorry lap stuff happening on him and then i'm thinking to myself after watching this fuck this movie's only a quarter of the way through it's barely begun there's still so much shit to get into i mean let me just go on like a quick breakdown for you elizabeth berkeley's character hates the other woman for i don't know why for making a joke about how she strips at the cheetah and somehow that causes a movie long hatred Yes. Of homicidal proportions. <laughs> and I don't know why. I mean, the feud in this movie is the equivalent of, you know, something like in the movie Mean Girls, where somebody walks up to like one of the popular girls and says her outfit is cute instead of hot and Regina murdering them. <laughs> that is the level that their feud is. And I do not understand stand why i actually understand it from the older dancers perspective slightly because you could argue her motivation for everything is the fact that she is threatened by this wild newcomer played by elizabeth berkeley and maybe she is sabotaging her because of that perceived threat movie doesn't actually go there though it it says it does but does it actually no and like Justin's notorious for saying In a movie, when you say it and don't show it, like that's one of your biggest crimes because you have the ability to show it. It's a fucking movie. It's not a radio play. It's not an audio book. You have the ability to show it. They don't. But what they do show you is a sex scene in a swimming pool. Once again, starring Elizabeth Berkley. And I'm still worried that I keep fucking up his name. So I'm going to call him Guy from Twin Peaks which I love, love Twin Peaks. But then he does this. And somehow, and maybe I'm wrong, is there anything sexy about a woman flailing in the water, supposedly simulating sex, but is actually simulating drowning or waterboarding? <laughs> Absolutely not. Because that's what it was. <laughs> like it was I, so uh, awful. The movie is saying yeah. that they're fucking but it was more like a manual on how to waterboard someone from the CIA. 
Because it's just a waterfall <laughs> yeah. slapping her in the face nonstop. And her and him looking completely un unenjoying it, not enjoying it. Yeah, because he was watching what the fuck she was doing. I get his facial reactions to it. Those were the same as mine. But I mean, her face is just getting bombarded by a fountain. And she is flailing her arms around like she is fucking drowning. It is mind-bogglingly confusing. Because for this scene to happen, not only did someone actually have to physically do what she did, but that means the other person in the scene watched her do it. That means the director watched her do it. It means there's at least one lighting guy, one sound boom operator, one camera guy, cinematographer, uh, probably at least some fucker from catering also. That means that there were people on this set that watched that happen and went, that was a good take. And then right. that means it got to an editor and the editor was looking through all the sex scenes they filmed for that and went, that's a good take. And then put that in the movie. And then studio executives watched it and went, that was a good take and left it in the movie. And then control groups came in and watched that movie. And then when they filled out their comment cards, they went, that was a good take. And they left it in the fucking movie. It really makes me question the fabric of our society. If more than one person in this great country of ours in these United States of America can watch that scene and go, yeah, that should be in a movie. That's where our country went wrong was that day. Whatever fucking day this movie came out, that was the downfall of the American experiment. That right there. Everybody can blame the media. Everybody can blame social media, Russia, Trump, Obama, Biden, anybody. No, no, no. The downfall of our country started in 1995 with the theatrical release of Showgirls. All because of that scene. Because no one in this country stood up for what is right and decent. Which is not allowing that, that scene to be viewed ever. And yet, here it is. 2020. The year that I didn't think could get any fucking worse than it has. <laughs> and here I am watching that fucking scene happen that fucking fucking scene and people wonder why i think that the hell that 2020 has been so far is god's way of punning punishing us for allowing that scene to happen and i think back to that that year i would have been 10 years old i was actually probably nine at the time because of when my birthday lines up in the year and i think to myself you know i was a nine-year-old i could have done more i could have done something i could have stood up and let my voice be heard <laughs> against that fucking travesty of a scene. And I didn't. So you know what? Part of the blame is on me too, guys. Part of the blame is on me. But you know what? This is 2020. And I'm 36 years old. And enough is a fucking enough. I'm going to start a nonstop letter writing campaign. Because I think it's too easy to write an email or a tweet or a Facebook post. I want it to be my physical handwriting. So... HBO can actually see the anger of my words to get them just to take that scene out because that alone is an affront to everything that our founding fathers stood up for building this nation. And on top of that, fuck, it sucked, didn't it? In all actuality, it's just this really shitty fucking scene. Like, 
the, the lighting, the camera angles, just everything about it's just fucking garbage. Like on the reel, it's fucking garbage. And also, I, I, I don't know if you guys have seen it, and maybe you send fans out there have seen it. Have you guys seen the sequel to Saturday Night Fever called Staying Alive? Oh, it's terrible. Oh, no. I haven't seen it. Is this movie not like a porned up version of Staying Alive? It is. That's a good analogy. That's a good comparison. Like right down to the stage show. Like, is that not just like a, like this is, is this movie or this show in this movie goddess? Is that not like a, just a sexed up version of the fucking whatever show they were putting on in that? And is yeah, that something people watch? Because it's not ballet. And it's not like a Broadway show. Do people really just go watch people just do kind of regular ass dancing to just nondescript ass music? Is that something people actually do? Because Hollywood would make me think so. But I've never heard of anything actually happening like that. Like I'd understand if it's something like the Nutcracker or an actual ballet. That would make sense. But that's not what this is. This is not ballet. And neither was it in Staying Alive. It, it really was like the, the screenwriter of this movie watched Staying Alive and goes, you know what that needs? Just a bunch of naked chicks. And then it would have been the perfect movie. And then he wrote this. Because I really don't know the difference between the two. Other than a bunch of breasts. Other than that, the movies are pretty much identical to me. I mean, Elizabeth Berkeley looks just like John Travolta did in like 1987. I just, I don't understand it. I mean, I kind of understand Elizabeth Berkeley's motivations for doing something like this. Having like grown up and been in the spotlight for so long as Jesse Spanos in Say by the Bell. And it's kind of like what you see nowadays with like Disney stars and stuff like that. Like Miley Cyrus being a big example of it is just being in that kid star shadow for so long that you want to just do the most like shocking and like anti what you've been doing for so long type of thing. You just want to just go out there and shock the world with everything. So I get why she would want to do this movie, but I'm thinking still, but why this movie? It's, it's, there is a character in this movie that I think sums up everything I feel about this movie the most. And I'm actually looking up the character's name right this moment. Oh yes. The character James Smith, played by Glenn Plummer, who is a former like dance student who sees the potential in Elizabeth Berkeley's character, even though, you know, they kind of have that witty back and forth of will they, won't they, like all that type of stuff. And then his character ends up fucking another chick, disappears, comes back, says he got the chick pregnant and disappears again. What the fuck was the point of that character? At all. <laughs> I don't know. And it was so dumb. Like, he just, it was stupid because at one point he was like, yeah, I see all this potential in you. You're a great dancer. You just got so much natural talent, more than anyone I've ever seen. And I was like, oh, my God. Because like you said, the dance scenes are so freaking terrible that there's no believability to that at all. And then there's this back and forth with him kind of questioning her morals. But he's n in no way morally better than her or like, man, you're, you know, you're stripping here and the, the, you shouldn't be, you know, you should be doing something better. Then she gets the job to do the goddess show. And he's like, well, I mean, that's not really what you should be doing. You know, you should be doing better than that too. So like he, he, 
that character just has no legs to stand on. He's just whatever the the scene needs him to be. Is he going to be argumentative? Does he need to be a kind of a lover? Will they, will he, won't he? Does he need to be resentful and they need to argue? Just whatever the scene needed, he just was. It's just one of those characters, you know? But then on top of that, when they do that show that he's like writing for and all this other stuff, like the the dance show that he was creating, and then they show it and like the crowd boos and everything like that. And you know, but she's like, oh, no, it's so amazing and all this other stuff. And he's like, no, wouldn't they booed us when you watched it? Was it good? No, it wasn't. It wasn't even one of those things where it was good and you could see the talent and the creativity and the amazingness of it. And then you just argue the crowd didn't get it. Nope. It was boring ass garbage. I mean, it was a lullaby in dance form. <laughs> and I'm just sitting here thinking, then why have this in the movie? What was any point to his character in the movie? Especially, like you said, or like his, his character's point in that entire movie was just to be the person to say to her, you have more natural talent than I've seen in any dancer. That's the sole purpose for that character exists in this movie. And I disagree so much that I would actually argue Kevin James in the movie Hitch is a better, more talented, more natural dancer than anything she does in this movie. And it's just... That's the, I think that that is the big summation of this movie. That character was utterly pointless, just like the movie. It serves no point. He serves no point. I mean, I honestly feel like this movie was written around the strip scene, the sex scene, and then the girl on girl makeout scene at the end of the movie. And then the credits. I feel like those were the three scenes that they thought of and then wrote a movie around it because they weirdly put so much emphasis on all those things and they deserved none. I mean, the care, I mean, I haven't even gotten into character motivations yet. I've been talking, I think close to 25 minutes and I haven't even gotten to that. And now I feel bad. I feel like I'm bogarting this scenario. So Heather, we haven't heard from you in a while. You say some shit. So I don't have to, I mean, Pretty much. I mean, I think you covered so much of the issues that were in the movie. Um, Yeah, I mean, my a huge issue of mine and Sterling, you mentioned, you know, you don't like dancing. You're not a dancer. I love to dance. And so it was very offensive to me (laughs) for them to call her a dancer. Um, I do agree. I think that she was fine when it came to the choreographed stuff, but that freestyle stuff, I'm just like, when she's in that club dancing, I literally, I mean, would either of you guys go up to her when she's dancing like that and be like, man, I want to get with that. <laughs> like, Let me dance with her. No, you're afraid you're going to get either like, you know, your head knocked off because she's just going crazy with whatever type of dancing she's doing. Or you're just like, no, you have like no rhythm right now. What are, What is happening? So it's just, yeah, that was a huge problem with the movie as well. Um, as like you said too, the James Smith character is completely pointless. Like they don't even really have a real true love story in this movie. And it almost felt like they wanted to make that the real love story. Like they were going to end up together or something and kind of, it just fell into nothingness. Like it fell apart or it just went to the wayside. Like they just decided to scrap the idea of them being a couple 
like halfway through making the movie or something. So it just felt very all over the place. He's a very pointless character. Um, I mean, and yeah, I know it was like his scene was, oh, I'm going to help you learn some dance moves. And he really didn't help her any. (laughs) He didn't do anything to help um, (laughs) at all. Like he just didn't. And um, and yeah, like the weird like cat fight that continues between um, Nomi and I think her name is Crystal, Gina Gershon's character. Um, it's just, it's unnecessary and it's like, it feels very forced, you know, and it it just doesn't, it doesn't need to be all that they make it out to be, especially because the end result of that turns out to be like, I'm sorry I pushed you. It's cool. We're the same person. I get why you did it. Let's make out now. Like it ended up with the end goal of nothing. (laughs) Like nothing came about from that. Um, I didn't mind her roommate, I'm forgetting her roommate's name, but the girl who kind of took her in and let her live with her when she got everything stolen from her, she was okay as a character. I mean, like she didn't really like do much, but I mean, she was kind of supposed to be like that voice of reason for her and like the down to earth person for her. And she was fine, but it was also just weird because you felt like they were trying to like force this, you know, roommate you know, best friend situation with these two and make you believe like, oh, they're just the best of friends. But at the end of the movie, when when her roommate is attacked and she's just laying in the hospital, barely able to even move or talk. And that's when she just decides to be like, you know what? I got him for you. So I'm going to leave now. Bye. <laughs> it's yeah, like, oh, man, what okay. the hell? <laughs> I mean, like, don't that, even wait until she's coherent enough to be like, listen, I'm going to leave in a couple of days. Like, let's celebrate that you're OK together before I leave. Like, just just like, you know what? He's 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 done now. Bye. <laughs> like, what is that? It was just. Yeah. What were you saying, Justin? Oh, no. All I was going to say is what a terrible payoff for what you did to that character, because because like you said, the character was. I mean, for the most part, okay. She was a nice person, just kind of the roommate character. She kind of was the, the, the moral center. They pretended like that other, that the, um, James character was, and then he wasn't, but she was kind of like, the moral center, you know, she was like, you know, I saw you push her and all that kind of stuff. And she seemed to be the one sensible character they had. And then they decided, well, you know what? We're just going to do total nonsense at the end. And so this person who she idolized or whatever, you know, she gets beaten senseless by this person, raped by this person, him and his two other cohorts. And it's just the most traumatic horror horrible thing ever and you gotta think just about the toll that that would take on a person that character like somebody who she grew up idolizing and everything like that finally got to meet him and that person rapes her with accomplices and has no remorse about it anything like that I mean the trauma that that could do to a person And this movie, the nerve of this movie to have our main character, Nomi, go up to her and just be like, hey, I whooped that dude's ass. I did it. 
yeah, now I'm just going to leave. I mean, doesn't that completely undermine and just completely ignore and just completely act like, yeah, that is compensation for this rape. You know, he got his ass beat a little bit and that's the end of it. And she's going to leave her there to cope with that. Like that was just so awful in so many ways, just on every conceivable level. That was just terrible to me. Just one of the biggest sins of the movie was right there at the end. Yeah. And it was just unnecessary too. like there was no point in her needing to leave right then. So it was just like. That was dramatic for no reason <laughs> with the way that she exits, you know, it was just like they decided we're just done making this movie now. So we got to have an exit strategy. <laughs> like That's what it well, felt I guess like. It's good and, they were done making that movie because I was sure as fuck done watching it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so, just, yeah, <laughs> there's like the relief of, OK, good. This means we're wrapping up because she's leaving. <laughs> but everything else <laughs> is like, why are we doing this right now? It was crazy. Well, isn't it also and, weird? That this movie is long as fuck, but the third act takes about seven minutes. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it goes so quick. The third act is, essentially starts with her getting the part, party where her roommate gets raped, her like being exposed to have been, you know, a prostitute at one point in her life, her beating the fuck out of the guy, her making out with that girl, then her, you know, telling her roommate she's leaving, and then serendipitously getting in the car with the same guy that robbed her at the beginning of the fucking movie. That's the entire third act. And it's like eight minutes long at most. Which by the way, something I noticed in the beginning scene, which it just reminded me of um, the episode we just recently did about cliches. That dude is not looking at the road at all when he's talking to her and like giving her the ride to Vegas, like he literally the entire time he's driving, he's just looking at her dead in the eyes. <laughs> like this is so fake. Like you're going to have a crash right now because you're not even looking at the road. This is stupid. So yeah. But, um, and then, yeah, I just feel like, I mean, and Elizabeth Berkeley, she's, she is very pretty and the, I don't know, like, not but it was just funny movie. and, right i just and this is just like a little random thing i noticed like they didn't even like i don't even feel like they really did her like her makeup and stuff well like it was like they were trying to make her have like these really full lips or something but you could tell it was just like super crazy drawn like lip liner (laughs) like it didn't even look like it was really i don't know it was just something i noticed that really bothered me but also she's just very like Every single thing that she does is just very aggressive, very aggressive. But you don't even really know the full reason of like, why does she have so much aggression in her when she literally does anything? You know, she gets mad and she's just like, you know, slamming things and, you know, all this stuff and then grinding on people just super aggressively. Like she's just super angry and You know, just every single thing that she does in this movie, you just she's very aggressive about all of it. And it doesn't it's just weird because you it's not like you feel like, you know, what her motive for being that pissed off all the time is, you know? (laughs) No, I do get what you're saying, because like when she like buys the dress, she's aggressive. When she eats a fucking hamburger, she's aggressive. Everything she does in this movie, when she strips, when she has sex, 
when she just talks to her best friend. No, anything she does in this movie, playing the slot machine, all it's all aggression. Yeah. That she only has like one like speed in this movie and it's aggression. As if you feel like that's her saying this is how you act. Just be aggressive all the time. <laughs> like, I feel like there might be scenes where there was like nuance or something like that. And it's like the director walks up, just goes, hey, uh, Elizabeth, um, you know, I, I liked what you did. But like, let's try it again. And just uh, let's just be more aggressive. I mean, right. it's, it's like <laughs> making this movie was the equivalent of the uh, the cowbell sketch from Saturday Night Live where Christopher Walken <laughs> keeps more. coming in saying more cowbell. And it was just yeah. Peter uh, Ver, uh, Verhoeven just coming in constantly going, Elizabeth, more aggression. <laughs> and he's like, you know, yeah, I've got even a when fever. She's dancing. And the only thing that can cure it is more aggression. Right. Yeah. Even in her dancing or like the choreographed ones, she's just like real. All her movements are just so forceful and like aggressive. Like that's really the only word I can think of for it. And the only time it really pays off and makes sense is at the end when she's aggressively, you know, beating up that dude that attacked her friend. Um, yeah. But then it's ruined afterwards when she aggressively tells her friend, she beat him up. Right. <laughs> hey, all right. Bye. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of how that went. Yeah. That's such a great point. And, uh, and just more to that point, like, it was so hard to root for this Nomi character because of that. Like her first interactions with everyone are just so aggressive and rude. And she just seems like just a horrible person. You, you know, this doesn't seem yeah. like a person that deserves the kindness that all these characters just seem to be giving her from time to time. Like, She's so aggressive and so mean and you don't see ever any levity. You don't ever get any of that genuine side really or anything like that. So whenever yeah. she does these things and then the care, these other characters are being nice to her or reacting in a way that's, uh, that that's nice to her. It's just the weirdest thing ever. Just like the initial interaction with her what becomes her best friend uh molly in this like that initial reaction was her banging on molly's car because her you know because the guy the guy in the truck that drove her to vegas drove off with her stuff so she's just again aggressively banging on this car and molly is like hey that's my car get off my car and she starts fighting her and then walks out into the street and has to be pulled out of the way of oncoming traffic right like, and it's a busy ass street and she's like just, she's just like oh fuck it i'm just gonna walk out here you know <laughs> it was just so strange and just completely unrealistic it was just so over the top and donald duck cartoonish that it just you know and so then when she's talking to these characters and this character is like yeah i'm gonna give you a place to stay after you almost a 
beat my ass and then beat on my car and then walked into traffic. Like it was just any time a character was being nice to her, I was like, why does she deserve this kindness? What? Why does she deserve all this respect? So like it yeah. was just the weirdest thing ever. And yeah, that aggression is in everything. And if there had been some way to explain, well, this is why she's like this, you know, and they, they tried to give kind of this sorry excuse for an explanation when that, uh, when the, uh, one of the main, uh, guys of the, the main guy that she was pull having pull sex with when he pulls up her files and he's like, yeah, you know, you're, I think it was something like your father, uh, was killed and then yeah, killed your mother and then killed himself and all of this stuff. So there were some pieces there, but we get that in seconds at the end, literally at the end. Yeah. Yeah. And so it means nothing to us. We we didn't get it as a development throughout the story. How come this wasn't a conversation that she eventually had with her with her best friend or whatever? Some best friend, you wouldn't tell her anything about you. You know, where are you from? Somewhere. <laughs> How were you born? Right. Something, some sort of machine. I mean, her answers were just so terribly vague that just a poorly vague that it it just i mean anything yes i got that she was hiding something but it was done in such a non-human cartoony way you just didn't give a damn and then it was like the movie just didn't care about any of that it was like sterling said you had all these things in here but Obviously, the care was for nudity. The care was for just trying to exploit these. That's what it seemed like this was. This was just the director going, how can I get these women naked in as many scenes as possible? And just I just want breasts and I just want women making out. And I just want this woman who I think is hot to be exposing herself. I promise you, I mean, that's what it feels like. That's what it felt like to me. Yeah. And like, it's, I mean, she's just, she's so volatile and you don't, you just don't know why. So it doesn't match up. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. Like you go into it, like not understanding anything about who this character is. So it's just hard to root for her. It's hard to root for almost anybody because you feel like you don't have backstories. You don't know anything about these people. So it's hard to care about them. It's not even like the, oh, it's like a a stripper with a heart of gold type of situation. Like it doesn't even give you anything to root for, for any of these people, really. You know, the only one literally that I really would root for is her roommate, Molly. And that's barely like you don't know much about her. You just know the terrible things that happened to her. And she was at least trying to be a good person to her friend, you know. But otherwise, literally none of these characters are exceptionally like good people protagonists heroic or anything so it's just hard to want to root for them and then finding out all these info all these details and the information about them almost at the end of the movie it's like okay well maybe if i had known that about her from the beginning her crazy actions would have made more sense to me you know so yeah it's just all over the place i mean yeah oh go ahead well, I was just going to say, it's a, it's a, I mean, I, I, this is something I just thought of too, to like, just show how nonsensical all this stuff is. When the strip club owner 
like goes and watches the goddess show that she left the strip club for and was like, oh, you're going to fail. You're going to be back here and all this other shit. Then he goes and watches the show. And then she's on stage with with him and the this woman named him, Henrietta, which to me was the best character in this movie because she was the only one that, I don't know, acted like an actual human. But <laughs> yep, I can see that. Like they're just like, oh, my God, you were so amazing and all this other stuff. And then the strip club owner is like, yeah, you were really good. You did such a good job. And then like caresses her face and then walks away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. What the fuck was that scene? What was it? I have no idea. But someone went, hey, we should film that. And it's mind boggling. Right. It truly is. Like, I don't get it. Like, it was like, and it's weird because she's like, as much as she hated him and all this other stuff, it's weird in that scene because then or like the facial expression she has is one of like, of like endearment. It's like, it's like her father was like, Hey, I saw you dancing. And it was beautiful. That's like the look she had on her face. And I don't get it because she didn't have that relationship with that guy. And also if your father comes up to you after that type of show and is like, Oh my God, you were so good, honey. That'd be a little weird. Yep. <laughs> but that's what they made that scene. I mean, like so many things like, you know, throughout the movie. Yes, they do show her be overly aggressive when somebody calls her a whore. She does. She gets overly aggressive with that. And that's semi explained towards the end with the whole backstory explanation they do in like 2.7 seconds. But that doesn't explain why she hates the main woman in goddess when they first meet each other. Because all she does is talk about how, well, she can't be that good of a dancer if she's at the cheetah. She didn't call her a whore. So yeah. her reaction to that doesn't make any sense. And I still don't understand it. I've been sitting That's here thinking true. about that. Yeah. And I don't get it. I mean, and part of me wondered if the reason she hated her so much is because she bought her off to do that dance for her boyfriend or whatever. and But she hated she, her before that. Yeah, that is true. Like she left the stage she was stripping on because she was in the crowd. And then that's that's what led to that whole like lap dance scene. All right, Justin, talk some more since you're the one that put this fucking movie on your list. You asshole. (laughs) Man, I'm so happy that you guys uh, enjoyed this. I can really tell that you guys delve deep into the philosophies of showgirls. Well, I mean, just to piggyback on some more of that stuff, you you made a, a an astute observation when you said that, yeah, um, that scene with the stripper owner, whenever he caresses her face and does that, and she's got this look of endearment. And the funny thing is, is that doesn't that happen often in this movie? She'll go from one minute to hating this person like like our crystal character. But then they would have these impassionate moments where they would get close to each other or they would be touching. And it would, it was almost like Nomi liked her or was sexually attracted to her. I don't know if it was just bad acting or or I don't know if it was just, yeah, even so. Oh yeah. Well, obviously that right. But even in those scenes, her demeanor and what the way she was reacting to Crystal didn't match this feud. They would just go from like feuding to I kind of like you to I kind of. And so and, and it just 
there wasn't a way, or at least this movie didn't have a way to tell that story of this love, hate, or I'm attracted to her, but I don't love, but I'm threatened by her. Like you said, it, there was just nothing there to make any of this make sense. So you just get some scenes where they're yelling at each other or they're mad at each other, or one of them storms out of the room because the other one got one over on them. And then there are other scenes where they're talking to each other and it almost just looks like they're just going to have a lesbian sex scene l- l- like I, I, and so it was just so confusing like what was I supposed to believe and then other characters would say that like when Crystal was talking to the uh, to the goddess uh, one of the goddess uh, owner guys and then she was like you know I know you had sex with Nomi and then and then he was like well are you mad are you jealous because I had sex with her or are you jealous because I beat you to the punch so uh, almost leading on that she does like her or is attracted to her in some kind of way well, I mean, you could never tell. One minute she was sabotaging her, the next minute she's uh looking at her with glossy eyes. I just don't understand. Like it was just so back and forth with no point. And Nomi was like that with other characters too. Like um our guy who was pointless, James, there were scenes like that with them too. One minute she's yelling at him and like, no, I ain't going with you anywhere. Or no, I don't want a cup of coffee. No, get away from me. Uh. And then there are just suddenly these other scenes where there is seeming like they're getting close and she was kind of attracted to him or whatever. Like you just, it was just so back and forth like that. And there was just never a way to make any of this make sense. It was just, again, whatever the scene needed, characters just were. Just whatever to get to point A to point B with no development. That's just the way it was. And then watching this movie now, I didn't really catch on all of it then, but just watching this movie now and just how incredibly chauvinistic it is, just how you have all these men just treating these women a certain way. And there really weren't any consequences for any of them, except for at the end with the, with the extreme case where the, the guy rapes a girl with his accomplices and everything like that. But other than that, there are just plenty of scenes where guys are just being, are humiliating these women. And it's just cringeworthy. Like the guy, uh, the, 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 uh, the caster guy, in goddess who was like oh yeah i'm a prick i forget the actor's name but him and just all of those scenes of let me see your tits let me do this let me do that and you know oh uh you, you know you're gonna go to this party and then we're gonna see that you sleep with these guys or whatever the scenario was with that uh goddess promotion like that was happening all the time and men were just saying and doing all kinds of things or like yeah the the um the stripper store owner who was like telling the new girl well um if you you expect to continue to have a job you're gonna have to give me a blow job and all of that kind of stuff and i don't know if that was supposed to be a joke or it didn't seem like it i mean it seemed like he was pretty serious about that <laughs> so the, at least that's how I took it. And so later on, when he's this endearing person, 
proud of her for being able to dance a goddess. It just doesn't come off right, man. Like when you have just all of these men doing these horrible things and there don't seem to hardly be any consequences for any of that. It's almost just like a boys will be boys, you know, and that bothered me so much now as more than it did then when I watched it. I mean, this movie really is a paradox because the writer and director of this movie, you know, I, I said earlier that they know nothing about sex, but a few years before this, the writer wrote and this same director directed the movie basic instinct, which classically exude sexuality. True. So how the fuck did they get this movie that wrong? Like, holy fuck. Like I am mind boggled right now. Like whenever I, like I went back and looked at that cause I forgot it's the same guy. And like, and I guess that that's what makes this movie, even though it was NC 17, why a main big studio like MGM would release this movie because you're thinking this might be the same type of thing as like a basic instinct that you're going to throw a decent amount of money into this and you expect it to be so controversial and so sexy that people can't help but watch it and you just make all your money back. And it's just, then they watched this movie and they still thought that that was going to happen. I mean, <laughs> like I just, like this movie really is one of those things where on a solely filmmaking standpoint, it is top to bottom filled with nothing but questionable and bad choices. It's bad casting, bad writing, bad directing, bad choreography, bad everything. It's bad editing because at, for whatever reason, two thirds of the way through the movie, you find out that the crystal character and the Naomi character during the stage show actually have a dance sequence together. Why would that not have been brought up before in their feud? Right. Why wouldn't Crystal be like, I don't give a shit what kind of problem you have. You dance with me during the show. So you need to get your shit together. Something like that. Why is that like not a thing until two thirds of the movie? Because that stage production feels like it changes based on what they need for the narrative and the story to be at that moment. Like, it, it doesn't feel like it's actually any cohe like a cohesive show. It's like, oh, we need you in black leather at this point because the narrative needs it. So that's what you're going to be in now. We need you in this. So then you'll, you know, we need you in this costume. So that's what you'll be now. You know what I mean? They keep adding elements to the stage production that make no sense in the story of the movie. But just to add elements to the movie and it doesn't actually work together. Frustrating movie. But do mm -hmm. you guys want a little bit of box office information about this movie? Yes. I was actually kind sure. of surprised by these box office numbers, guys. I mean, it. Uh, so this movie um, actually had a budget of forty five million dollars, which back in 1995 was huge. Hmm. And I'm actually really surprised with how much m uh, money this movie made. Um, cause I mean, it, it made a full, uh, full 20 million. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wow. surprised it actually made that much, but yeah, in, in box office standards, that's an abysmal failure. You made one fourth of what you would need to make a profit. And that's bad. 
I mean, I didn't even bother looking up Rotten Tomatoes scores or anything like that. I know a Metacritic, it has like a 15 or a 16, which I thought was incredibly. That seems right. I thought it was, I thought that was incredibly generous. Right. I've, yeah, they've given worse scores to other movies that aren't nearly as bad. I mean, um, I happen to have the tomatoes up. Uh, tomatoes, 20% and what? the audience score, 37%. What? what? How oh do 37% gosh. of the people like this movie? How do 20% of critics like this movie? Yeah. Wow. Like, how? <laughs> that is mind boggling. Yeah, that's surprising. I mean, oh, I am deeply disturbed by that now, like to my core. To like the very essence of my being, am I disturbed by that? I mean, like, did they see a version of this movie that doesn't have that fountain sex scene in it? (laughs) This is only 12% lower than your Kroll movie, I think. And Kroll's a goddamn classic. (laughs) Kroll is a fucking masterpiece that just people didn't understand. Showgirls is just bad. I mean, it's not even like bad. Like, bad is being generous to this movie. Bad is implying that you're like, you might just disagree with some of the choices. It is a fucking atrocious movie. And by the way, in my research for this movie, and uh, something we're going to have to do at some point, we just have to, is there is a Showgirls 2. What? They made a second? Penny, come home. It is about... That new girl Penny from the beginning of the movie, the one that sleeps with what's his name, and he gets her pregnant. It's about them. Oh, gosh. It is actually written and directed by the girl that played Penny. And apparently it's supposed to be a comedy. And apparently it came out in 2011. What? Oh, my gosh. This is a must do episode. (laughs) A follow up. Mm hmm. Because. Guys, there is a Showgirls 2. If that is not the piece de la resistance, I don't know what it is. Because Why is it two hours and 23 minutes? <gasps> that's, the run time, that's the runtime for Showgirls you, 2? Why is serious? it two hours it's, and 23 minutes, are guys? Are you telling me it's, I think, six minutes longer than the first one? Yes, it's bigger, badder, and longer and uncut. <laughs> All you're doing is saying more reasons why I have to watch that movie. What? This is crazy. How could it possibly is be it on that HBO? Long? <laughs> no, it's on iTunes. I can buy it. Oh my oh. gosh. I don't what think you I understand done? how excited I, I am by that idea. What have <laughs> I done? What have I done? So we're going to get like a bonus worst episode probably. I don't know what it's going to be. And I'm excited to find out because that means someone went, hey, the rights of this movie have expired. Let's buy them and write another movie about it. That is glorious. As much as I hate this movie, the idea that someone had the gumption to make a Showgirls 2, especially about a character and her fiance character that we say have no point in this movie. And that is what this one is centered on. And she wrote Fucking it. <laughs> amazing. She writes, there's, directs, and stars in. Wow. There's well, there's one review on IMDb 
and I'm not going to read it all because it's a, it's lengthy, but the first sentence is compared to this movie, the first Showgirls is an Oscar winning masterpiece. Oh Have to my gosh. see that movie. <laughs> that is oh so my insane. God. Oh, and just an FYI, it's actually like 13 minutes longer than the first one. Even better. <laughs> Oh, what have I done, man? What have I done? Oh, my gosh. I don't know what you've done, Justin, but I can tell you what I just did. And that is bought showgirls, too. Man, we didn't even have Ryan on this episode and you were buying stuff already. Oh, I have to. Oh, I'm sorry. It's (laughs) showgirls two colon pennies from heaven. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's the best title ever. Pennies from heaven. Oh, this is so great. I can't tell you how happy I am about that purchase. You're going to watch this as soon as we're done, probably. There's a very good chance of that. (laughs) There is a very good chance. I was originally planning to watch the last two episodes of season five, part one of Lucifer. That might be happening tomorrow, though, because I might have to watch me some showgirls, too. Amazing. Definitely put off Lucifer for showgirls, too. (laughs) I, I really might have to. I mean, I really do think that that's the best purchase I've ever made in my entire life. How could she do this? How could she make a second one? Why would she do this? I just want to know. I just want to ask her why. Justin, just... I think the more important question is, how did she not? Like, how could she not do it? I mean, and oh. it's like so much later that it's like, okay, so are her and this guy like, married now and her child no. is a teenager boyfriend slash fiance <laughs> oh okay yes i'm seriously so stoked guys oh my gosh it's a good day now you know i was kind of dreading this whole episode because i was like fuck i have to talk about showgirls which means i have to remember about showgirls which means just i have to think about showgirls which means i'm gonna have zero sexual desires in my life for at least the next month and a half but guys there is a showgirls too Turned out to be a pretty good day. Man. <laughs> wow. I don't have anything left. I feel like my plasma was drained from my body. I just you, feel like. Do you feel like your genitals Morpheus. were punched over and over again? Just like that lab dance she gave? <laughs> yes. I feel like my genitals were used as a punching bag from Mike Tyson preparing for his That's what I fight. was thinking. I was literally about to say that. That 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 was the like sh- like lap dance equivalent of Mike Tyson using your testicles as a speed bag. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, I don't. What happened to my energy? Oh man, I'm just so much more chipper than this. But I'm not today. Not tonight. <laughs> not after that. Not after that startling revelation. This is this is awful. This is horrible news. This is horrible. <laughs> And Sterling's like real excited. <laughs> I got I mean, a I got a negative. I mean, I got a negative COVID test back today. And now it almost feels as if it, it, it just I mean, it doesn't I mean, it doesn't matter. I feel terrible. It doesn't even matter. I feel terrible, terrible. I mean, just to put this into more perspective for people that have not seen this movie and are still listening to this fucking episode, the aggressiveness in which she gives that character a lap dance is akin to the aggressiveness that Mike Tyson showed to Larry Holmes. 
<laughs> and I'm sure you can YouTube that fight. Oh my god. Oh man. Because it's not a long one at all. Man oh man. Yep. Today's a good day. I really am happy right now. So on that note, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Slayers Podcast. Check us out on the internet at www.simmaslayers.com. Check us out on Facebook at Slayers Podcast. We are at, uh, we are cinema underscore slayers on Twitter and Instagram. And while originally I was kind of mad at Jason for breaking this movie and making me watch it, I feel like he's more defeated at this point, and I am happy, which that's good. The tables have turned, and that is always a good thing because... Ultimately, when it comes down to it, as much as Justin hates it, just remember, according to Justin, Moon Knight is a Best Picture winner. Why, 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 why is there a part two? Pennies from heaven.